0: welcome everyone to another episode of after further review with mark ferrera john pelkey sans jeff taylor our producer who is actually working making sorry. money john I'm sorry he's, yeah. i'm sorry he's what it's working it's called working it's uh, a thing Make, people do. Money. you mean he's waiting for his uh, government check <laughs> no he's not he's not uh, waiting for his dole he is uh, actually making money in the entertainment industry John Pelkey in he's the one. Jones,
1: Tennessee yep Tim and Lynn Manuel Miranda there are
0: two people yes. in the entertainment industry making money that's true. Lynn manuel making a boatload of money, no doubt about I it. I
1: talked to, when I was on our, when we were on our, excuse me, uh, my wife and I were in St. Augustine, you know, for the weekend. We had, took a weekend, friend's birthday, uh we hung out. Uh, we uh, The guy who was the greeter at one of the restaurants we went to in St. Augustine, I'll pitch, uh, Harry's, terrific place, great food, good drinks. Um, his son is a location scout, and he's working with Lynn manuel Miranda on his new project, which is a filmed version of the playwright, I believe, for um um uh, what's the uh what's the musical based on Lab OM that I've never seen that um Oh uh, Rent. Rent, yeah, I've never seen Rent. I've never seen any version of it. Uh I'm I'm under the um It's it's control yeah. I'm under the control of our good friend Tim Williams, who hates it, says it's terrible. Uh I like some of the music. In any case, uh this guy apparently had written something else that Miranda's now with some other people yeah. working on a project. And this guy's uh, son was working on it and said, what we've all heard, Miranda, great guy. And B, uh, huge workaholic, which you and I both frown upon. So I'm 50-50 on Lin-Manuel at this point. He seems awfully effortful at times, Mark. That, that <laughs> That's bothersome. Well, again, again, <laughs> That it is bothersome
0: that you just can't whip up Hamilton, you know that you just can't roll out of bed and like, well, like years, my Shot, I just, I just I just dreamt my shot. Yeah. Right, it's not no, like it, satisfaction. It took him seven years. <laughs> took That's him seven right. years, or yesterday, or yesterday. Yes, scrambled right. egg. So uh, no, it doesn't work like that. So Lin Manuel now, Jonathan Larson is who wrote Rent. Yeah, I think. And he's he's since passed away. Yes. Basically, when when rent opened. Right. But he uh, he wrote another one called Tick, Tick, Boom, which I'm that's wondering it. if
1: that's is it. That's right. it. Yes, that's it. All right. Good. I it was fun. Something boom, but I couldn't remember for which. But it, it was good to hear that Miranda's a good guy. And I've heard that before. I know other people have worked with him. And uh, and then, you know, I probably somewhere in the recesses of my addled scotch drenched mind. I knew that he was, a, a you know, a hardworking overachiever. Um, but I, again, I, I sort of put it, put it aside cause I liked yeah, him anyway. Sure.
0: No, I understand <laughs> that. It's, it's what it takes, unfortunately, to, uh, create what, what he's created. It takes just a lot of work. You just can't, you know, again, I always thought you just got the inspiration and brought a bunch of people together and said, let's put on a show. But apparently that's not how
1: it works. So there goes my Broadway musical. I thought I could just roll out of bed and write Fillmore about Millard Fillmore. And it just, you know, it, it all just tumbled out of me. Wow, Fillmore! You How know, does the might. rich kid with no brain to speak up become president? One that we make fun of. See, it's just it doesn't flow. It does not. Flow. I don't know personally. I, I, I rap like a fifty-six-year-old white guy.
0: No one was. Wants, oh, that. by the way, Millard Fillmore was a fifty-six-year-old white guy.
1: <laughs> right. You should do. We should do a musical based on Millard Fillmore that goes completely against Hamilton, so that it is literally as as. Pat Boonish, uh, just, uh, white yeah. guy crooner music and all the characters are played by white men over 40. It's the MAGA musical hit of the century. I like that. Although what I would
0: love if because Millard Fillmore, you know, took over in 1850 during the, uh, the compromise of 1850. And there's there was a horrible decade for this country leading up to this, uh, the Civil War. He could, um, he, he could actually. <laughs> he could actually try and rap. So he's just inept, which he was. And then all right. the abolitionists could be people of color and, and people that know how to rap, but they all do, they all croon and right. they croon a lot better than, than Millard Fillmore could do. Yeah. It's yeah. just so obvious who the better people are. Oh God, gotcha. just so obvious what side of history you need to be on and uh it would be pretty funny at the same time.
1: At the at at the end of it, Fillmore's just collapsed on the floor of the war department. He's urinated himself, he's vomiting everywhere, crying for his mommy. And uh yeah, that's he, that's he the lost end of the
0: it. presidency to Franklin Pierce, who was considered one of the worst presidents in our history, and he then lost the presidency to James Buchanan, who was considered one of the worst presidents. We yeah. in the eighteen fifties were not kind. No, to the United States of America, to make
1: a true. master's uh, to make a master's uh, metaphor. Uh, they, they clearly are the amen corner of presidents, those three presidents, because at the end of that, it's just like amen that we got uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln to put things back together.
0: Yeah, we got through it. Amen. Thank God. Amen. We got through that corner of our presidential history. That's the amen
1: corner of presidents. How about that? You're not going to hear that on Dan
0: Patrick's show. You will not. You will not. That kind of transition, that kind of segue is brilliant. But because I'm less than brilliant, I'm not going to go right into the Masters. We're going to start with a little progressive trivia. All right. Fair enough. Here we go. All right. Spent nine seasons in the majors, played in the NL and the AL. Career numbers 315, 1500 plus Hits, 500-plus RBIs, played in 10 postseason series.
1: Ooh. How about that? Only nine seasons. That's... How about that? Interesting. Hey, we're getting some love for uh, for Miller uh, Fillmore. And apparently Lenny Lenny Rowe is now... Uh, he must be several uh, rolling rocks into the day because he's guessing that Joe Connolly is the answer to our progressive trivia, apparently. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> Not your well, sure. fellow listener, Joe Conley is actually. I don't think he spent nine years in the majors, though. I don't know one hundred percent. Are we on
0: the delay? And one? I should say uh, it's probably ten years, and it's probably eleven postseason series because uh, it's not quite updated that that particular progressive. Uh, so this was a uh, this was a fit in show today. Yeah, yeah. You're I, still working. You're still work working the, the paying the gig. You're working the paying gig now. Aren't I you? am. It's due to. It's due tomorrow, and it's a massive project, and I'm, okay. you know, just a tad a little, overwhelmed. Little stressed, but a uh, little bit. Michelle Claremont is watching right now. She understands yep. being overwhelmed as a, as a producer.
1: Uh, uh, I deadlines. don't think so, Mark. She made that comment at 206. It's now 209. There's very little chance she's still watching. That is a very, very good point. Well done.
0: Out of you. Uh, let's talk about the Masters. Speaking of let's. 209, Dustin
1: Johnson, yawn, yawn, yawn. I kind of like Dustin Johnson, though. Sure. is he dating not. his girlfriend, uh, Wayne Gretzky's daughter, I believe? I believe he's dating Wayne Gretzky's daughter. That's pretty cool. And I don't really have a huge problem with... Uh, I do like that. And Wayne Gretzky's daughter is, you know, a,
0: a, a ve- we'll say this in, in the most benign way possible. She is very, very, very beautiful. Right. That's what I'll say. Right. That's all I'll say. Uh, your favorite guy is what was two back uh, coming into the day. Bryson.
1: Good old Bryson. You love DeChambeau. Bryson. De De played, you know, it's funny because Bryson DeChambeau yesterday played what Tiger, the kind of uh, round Tiger Woods played 15 years ago or so. He sprayed some balls uh, around, um, made some made some bad shots, made some amazing recoveries out of those bad shots. And he walked away yesterday. I believe he was two under on the day, um, and it was a round mark where he could have been, if he'd have tightened up a couple of shots, he could have been five under. And it's a round that, if he didn't have the remarkable shot making abilities he he does, he I could have that. been three over. I saw you that. Know, that's that. And and to me, that speaks well for um, uh, for Deschambeau going into the weekend. Michelle's still
0: watching, by the way. Wow. She says she's not, but she still is. So there you go. Maybe Josh. she's
1: just listening. Maybe she's turned off the viewing. Right. Uh, right. For the, who wouldn't, frankly?
0: Exactly. I mean, I don't know why you just don't wait for the podcast, but maybe you're, uh, you know, maybe you want to kind of pretend it's a live radio show. Maybe. That we, we used, used to do back in the day. Yeah. For the, the exact day. same remuneration, generally. Uh, uh essentially, essentially. Yeah. So Tiger's four back. Tiger played pretty well, although, you know, there are a couple birdie opportunities on the back nine, but, it was he quote did, quote, be- the front nine because they switched up. Yeah. Started on 10. Um, they started on 10. Uh, he had a couple opportunities, but they, they would have been really good shots if he would have but made.
1: He them. played, Mark, he played what I would say is a, a mature round of golf mm-hmm. for a guy who knows that golf course as well as Annie. And, and, you know, obviously he is the last winner of the Masters. Let's remember, folks, 18 months ago, he went, he won the damn thing. Um, but he, um, very few, Ball's not in the fairway, off the tee. And you know when he starts pressing, he sprays the ball. He did not unlike a lot of golfers. Um, he putted well. He didn't have those. You know, there were those years where he could make up for even bad shots onto the green because his putting was exceptional. And I'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, he putted at about an 8 yesterday. Put I mean, himself- everything, everything was about an 8, wouldn't you yeah. say? Maybe yeah, short, would say? Maybe a okay. short game was a 7. Uh, sometimes and, he but on the scale but on the scale of first rounds at the Masters, it was a ten for him because normally yeah. comes out of the gate a little bit slow. So it'll be interesting to see if he can sustain through this. But he sure as yeah. hell made the first round as compelling as uh, as any I've watched in a long time. We got a Jose Marmaleos uh, vote for uh, Progressive Trivia. I don't believe <laughs> that's true, actually. It's a good guess, though. It's a good guess. <laughs> it
0: really is. Outstanding guess. I appreciate you playing along, Michelle Claremont. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, all right. So we, we've we got this. If he could finish, if he could do four 68s in a row, yeah. he'd be right there. Right, be right, right there at it. the end. Uh But, yeah, Dustin Johnson's fine. It's just a little yawn. It's like, I, you know, yeah. I don't want the number one guy to be out in front and win the Masters. I just don't. I mean, if it was Tiger Woods, I would, but since it's not, I don't. But Johnson, I I mean, today Dustin Johnson, pretty
1: pretty remarkable. He came out, started on ten as well, and it started on that par four, and uh, he went for his first four holes. He went par, birdie, 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 and that's kind of a Dustin Johnson thing. It's like he can pack a lot of those in together. We'll see what happens moving forward. But it was interesting yesterday, Mark. I think this actually benefited Tiger. And benefited a lot of guys was uh, with all the rain they had, and they had a couple of hours uh, that they were delayed, slowed those greens down a little bit. What you didn't get was you didn't get the roll in the fairway like you, you, you do. These guys were hitting, who were hitting like 315 on the fly, the ball's rolling another 45 yards. You weren't getting quite as much of that. Uh, so, guys who could fly the ball a long way were doing, uh, were doing quite well. And then uh, just slowing down those greens uh, a little bit that gave guys an opportunity to be more aggressive. And I think that helped Tiger, certainly. He could be more aggressive because you weren't going to roll seven feet past the hole on a ball that missed by an inch. You know, you, it's, it was a little less punitive. We'll see moving forward. Weird, weird to watch it without the crowd. It was. I was just going to bring that up, though, because it
0: wasn't as weird for me at this point yeah. in time because I'm used to it. It, 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 does, it didn't even approach the depression levels that I got to with Major League Baseball, when yeah. that first came out of the gate, it was like, what the
1: hell is happening yeah. to the crowd? And they were trying to tweak that, too, because you had stadiums in Major League Baseball where the, the crowd reaction was too much. And you've seen a little bit of that of football as well. And then there were some where it, somewhere it wasn't enough, and then it was kind of this dull roar underneath. Uh, they have perfected it. But I will say on a couple of those big – you know, guy holing it out from a greenside bunker or 45-foot putt when you really, really do ex- expect to hear something. And Deschambeau was among the guys who said, yeah, it's kind of odd because you really do feed off of that. You really feel you put a couple of good holes together, and, you you know, you're pumped, um, and you're not getting that. But uh, it, uh, it, it was still, like I said, with Tiger playing as well as he did and the course playing the way, the way that it did yesterday, um, it was, uh, it was a good first round. It was a really, really entertaining first. Round. It was, it was a good first round. It was solid. Everyone played
0: pretty well. There was no, you know, complete explosions for the most part. And you're right about around how the play, how the course played. I think it was, it seemed a little fast at times, although maybe that was just Tiger, uh, being hugely aggressive. There I think was he's one, being
1: hugely aggressive because there was well, a leg dumped a lot
0: of rain in that two hours. Yeah. And they, he was off the, just off the, the, um,
1: uh, the putting area <laughs> the green it's called the green <sighs> wow. just, just off channel presents. just off
0: the green uh and he had a a nice shot but it, it but it rolled past the hole yeah and it rolled past the hole pretty well and i thought that's that he he's going for that and i guess to your point the reason he feels he can is because it's not going to hurt him yeah, and, and of course, side, and He was able to pick up the par on the other side.
1: And of course, those greens by the end of the round uh, were had you know they dry out pretty quickly. They, they, I don't know if you know this about Augusta National Park, but it's a fine golf course, and uh, it's it's top Allegedly. notch and it's drainage and all of that sort of stuff. So it did dry up quickly. But there was a period of time there where you watched guys who were going for pins on holes that they wouldn't have otherwise done that. They'd have shot to safer areas of the green. And you did see a couple of guys because of that, which I thought was interesting. You saw a couple of guys who, if they didn't hit the ball quite as well, it was really, really punitive because they ended up on the underside in places like uh, w- with water and these down slopes. that uh, People don't realize that Augusta National is as hilly as it is. And if you miss up to the front side of some of those greens with the false front, the ball will roll 100 yards away. You didn't see quite as much of that, but you did see a lot of guys – Going for the uh, going for the pin, um, which I don't think you'll see as the weekend moves on. I believe if I've if I've uh, paid close enough attention, weather's going to dry out for them a little bit. So it's going to be a very different golf course moving forward. Freddie Couples
0: did not start the day off well. He probably will miss the cut, uh, which is uh, which is too bad. It's too bad, Freddie Couples. Why 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 why, why do you bring up Freddie Couples, is there Did he? I don't know. He always he always is associated with the Masters for me. Really, he won, he won. I think it was the '92 Masters. I think you're mistaken. right. Yeah, and uh there's always something about Freddie Couples. He just has a vibe about him that was always sort of above the game in a way. It was almost as if he was cruising through everything. He's the kind of guy that you you attach someone like you or me attaches themselves to because he feels like he's just kind of cruising through it, all, waltzing you know? through it. Yeah, wakes up. His hair is perfect. His, you know, handsome guy, kind of a, you know, good, good vibe coming from him. You know, he, he's number one in the world for, you know, half a year at one point in time or so, yeah. or maybe a quarter, and he's
1: just like he's just been able to ride that for thirty years. Well, I think anyway. I think he's I think he's old enough to play uh in oh, the way he's like yeah. oh, in his sixties. Well, I yeah yeah, I'm sure he is, but he's been dealing with a bad back for a long time. But I what I thought was great yesterday was Larry Mize, who won maybe one of the most dramatic uh, of all time when he beat Greg Norman on that chip in on the playoff. Larry Mize shot two under. Larry Mize went out there and shot better scores than guys who are in like the top forty golfers, top twenty five golfers. That was the, that was the great story for yesterday as well. I yep. always love to see that. I want to see one of the old guys. It's not Larry even Mize. Tiger. I want the oldest guy old. possible. Now he's probably older than that. So uh, Michelle Claremont guessed uh,
0: Didi Gregorius. D. D. I, th- Gregor- I, think D. D. I did D. look Gregorius. him up yesterday. Uh, uh, Didi Greg Greg Gregorius. I think it's Didi Gregorius. Uh, and uh, she guessed that. That's that's not correct. And then she right. says. She's the only one playing. She has a good chance. You do have a good chance,
1: Michelle. You really Just do. keep saying names. Durf and yeah. Bonham. No, it's not Durf and Bonham, but you've at some
0: point. At clicked some another point. off the list. I do think Larry Mize, he may look older than
1: 62, but I do think he's 62. I think I looked him up yesterday. All right. Fair enough. He won the 1987. Against Greg EPA. Norman. Another one of Greg Norman's uh, meltdowns is uh, Larry, Larry Mize, Mize Masters. He hated Larry Mize. He hated Larry Mize. All
0: right, let's go back to that progressive trivia that uh, Michelle Claremont is so interested in. and uh, Not Jose just, Marmaleos. Nope, seemingly the only one interested in it. All right, so here we go. Here's at nine seasons in the majors. I believe it's 10 now. Played in the A- NL and the AL. <laughs> Career numbers 315, 1,500 hits, 500-plus RBIs. Those have been adjusted. Played in 10 postseason series. That is now 11. Six-time All-Star. Didn't have an All-Star game this year, so I don't have to worry about that. 13 home runs, 29 RBIs in the postseason. That's been adjusted. <laughs> Led the
1: league in steals <laughs> twice, and I won an MVP. We're going to do an entire series, uh, entire segment on whether or not we should continue to do progressive trivia. I, I think we, we, we need to discuss that. We'll do a special, a deep dive. We'll do a deep dive into progressive trivia. We'll go to the history. You can talk about you and Dave Azer. In those original years, when you had Disney uh, Disney managers who may not have been sports fans saying, is there any way you could put a pool in the club and have swimmers come in and do? Remember <laughs> Lee Corso talking about that with you? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the next deep dive. The deep dive into progressive trivia. It's not Freddie Freeman, and it's not Chico Escuela. It's <laughs> been, been very, very good to me.
0: So, very nice. Oh, my goodness. Good stuff. All right, so let's... Uh, Let's talk a little family football fun. Fantastic Friday! Hey, you NFL. know what?
1: I have I have a. I'm going to lead with this, Mark. Don't sleep on the Indianapolis Colts in the playoffs. The defense Love is the too good. Colts. The defense is too good. There's a lot of talent. I had no idea the amount. You know, I lose track of names and stuff. I'm an old guy. They have an awful lot of talent on the defensive side of the football. Well, getting DeF- DeForest Buckner certainly helped. Absolutely, and Philip Rivers is not. MVP candidate Philip Rivers that he was. But I think what we saw last night is if he has good offensive line play, and oh, by the way, they do, and certainly much better than he had in San Diego over the last few years. When I mean, I think a lot of us felt like maybe his career was done. If he's given time in the pocket, he's not going to buy any time out of the pocket, and he would not. He'd have have 80 yards of field in front of him with not a defender, and he'd never run because he's. I, I think he's barely able to stand on his own. Um, he, but he can pick you apart from the pocket still, and they have talent on the outside. I don't think they're going to win a championship, but boy, oh, boy, do they look like a team with that defense that's rife, just like Tennessee last year to upset somebody, just like Tennessee two weeks ago or whenever it was.
0: Again, it's a little bit of an overreaction. We over, we underreact. I, I personally underreacted to Tennessee. Then I've overreacted to Tennessee. I've underreacted to, to Indianapolis. I believe you may be overreacting.
1: I think I'm New reacting, York. though. I don't think I'm overreacting because I don't think they're they're not a championship caliber team. They remind me a little bit, Mark. And this is going to go back. So you know, one of the things that we do on the show that other people don't do, and I think it's it's a choice on our part, and it's been you know largely is it, is it a good it is a good choice. Or it, not? Well, in media conventions across the country, it has been debated whether or not it is a good uh, choice. But uh, we often talk about. About seasons and teams that m- no one cares about um, and no one thinks about the 1977 Denver Broncos. Sure, are what they kind of remind me of a team wow. with a lot of Craig defensive, Morton. a lot of defensive power, and a quarterback in Craig Morton, who, while not as good obviously as Philip Rivers, I don't. I, but Craig Morton was a starter in the NFL for a very long time and had success and was a good quarterback under. Good conditions. Uh, by 77, he was older, and he's not a guy who's going to move around a lot. But he he was a pretty accurate passer. And they just remind me of that team. I don't think they're going to win the AFC, but I think they're a team. Listen, um, everybody who played Tennessee last year in the playoffs – Admits they didn't take them 100 as seriously as they should have, and I'm just saying Indianapolis is a team with that defense and a Philip Rivers who could get hot that you better not sleep on because they could upset in my mind a Kansas City or a Pittsburgh.
0: Really, I mean they yeah they they pretty much got rolled by Baltimore last week. They did. So, they did. And this was, I believe, in Indianapolis. Although that
1: that none of that mattered. my game was in, in Tennessee last night,
0: actually. No, I meant the the game in
1: Bal the game Oh, okay. Yeah, but you know, this year home it field doesn't matter. Doesn't mean you're you're right. Right. It really does. You're right. Unless you're the Rams, apparently. So it it it's interesting. I, I you know that
0: again, I think the Colts and the Titans on some level are, are the same
1: team. As do I. And I don't and I think the Titans are a team when they're playing well. And we saw that last year. We did I think both of those teams are put together in such a way that they're they're a scary opponent in a playoff game if you don't have your helmet tightened up. All right. Fair enough, and that's, that's a, noted. And that's, that's a noted. really good defense. That's a really good defense. It's a very solid defense. There's no doubt about it.
0: They um th- there's no doubt about it. They, they they gave up a lot of points to Cleveland, and they gave up twenty four points to Baltimore, which isn't a lot, but Baltimore right. hasn't isn't the stellar offense it was last year. No. Uh I don't think Tennessee is a juggernaut offensively necessarily, but uh they're
1: pretty efficient and good. And they do some and they do some interesting things on offense. I mean, they're really creative. They're really creative, but that's a good indie defense. That's all I wanted to say. I didn't want to spend all the time on indie, but I just – I, I had kind of disparaged them, but when I finally got to look at their defense and listen to people talk about their defense and did some research, it's a, it's a very good defense. And I think any team that can play that well defensively is going to be trouble for people in the playoffs. All right, that's noted. Very good. Indianapolis. <laughs> You're expecting Phillip Rivers to throw four interceptions. <laughs> I just, it, it, it's a great story. It would be a great story.
0: There's no doubt about it. And um,
1: But do you, you know, see I my like, parallel like, with the 77 Broncos? I,
0: I, you know, the 77 Broncos beat an Oakland Raiders team. Now, granted, that was a clammy Oakland Raiders team. Yeah, They lost in big games often. And, uh, and you're right, that John Ralston coached. The Craig defense Morgan. was excellent. That Orange Crush defense was very good. That was a good team, and then they got crushed by the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Right. I just think that the Indianapolis Colts, and you're right, they might be able to sneak up on someone, but I think when they play good teams, they're just they're just overmatched. They just don't have the same you know roster that can compete. That's all. all right.
1: Fair enough. You hate uh, the Indianapolis
0: Colts? I, I really don't. I just I don't just I just don't love them. How about
1: that? Is that okay? No. Is that fair? Right. That I fair? don't love them. I think they're better than I thought they were.
0: Okay, so at any rate, let's go with the rest of the games. Uh, A lot of people talking about Tua versus Herbert. Uh, What are are your thoughts about that game? The Chargers seem to always find a way to lose. They can't finish. And the Dolphins seem to be on a bit of a mission.
1: Right well, now. I think, you know, I think the Dolphins, again, are another one of the teams talking about teams in the AFC, and they're a playoff team right now if the playoffs start. I think the Dolphins are built on that defense. Flores is a defensive coach for all of the love that we're giving to Tua. Remember, they won his first game in what is as pedestrian a first game for uh, a, a quarterback and a really pedestrian uh, offense for that game. They, they were unimpressive. Uh, they're very good defensively. He certainly showed from week one to week two what he can do. Um Uh, and i love justin herbert but they i mean this side of the atlanta falcons do you trust anyone less in the fourth quarter with a lead than the san diego chargers i i certainly don't and they should be able to run the football mark they should be able to run the football better and they should be able to close teams out and they're not doing it and it's a
0: uh very interesting, sad if you ask me, phenomenon, because I do like the Chargers. I do like their coach. I do like their team a lot. And I wish they could I wish they could close. And it's not just this era of the San Diego Chargers, John. Yeah. It's been it's been it's seemingly been for the last ten years that they have games literally they've lost what six games already by a total of eleven points or something ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh the Dolphins too. The Dolphins you have to Remember that they can really put a hurt on sort of tradition. Well, essentially traditional offenses. You know, the the Forty Niners and the Rams have quarterbacks that are very good at play action, mm-hmm. but they're not nece- they're not at all Kyler not the Kyler Murray's of the world or the Russell Wilson's of the world. They're not dynamic, so they can screen. really put a hurting on those two uh, teams defensively. And they they have put you're right. They and they have put a lot of uh, They've dominated those teams, but when they faced the Cardinals, I mean, that game, that game was a shootout. Yeah. And that defense did not necessarily step up in the fourth quarter when they needed to. You're right. Who stepped up in the fourth quarter. What was the Miami dolphins offense, which needed to his legs and to his decision-making to extend series and it, and they got it from him. So it's interesting. It's shaping up to be a, A complete team. I think they they need a better offensive line. They certainly need better skill possession uh, weapons for Tua. Right. But it'll be interesting. It's, It's the kind of game where you expect the Dolphins to win because the Chargers have been, you know, just stepping in it all year. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if the Chargers put together a complete game and actually showed up for the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, we'll see, but it, it should be a lot of fun. And it, you know, the the story about the rivalry for the next 10 years, it's fun. What the heck, you know what I mean? Sure. Uh, Let's not embrace those kind of
1: stories. Well, I think one of the narratives that's going around and I, and I completely agree with it, Mark, is, is that these young quarterbacks that are coming in, not all of them, obviously, you know, if you hit on 50% of your first round quarterbacks, you're doing very well, but I think what we're seeing are guys are coming in more prepared and guys can play well early. Now, the, the big questions I think start to come for these guys in years three and four, because uh, what we're seeing with Lamar in Baltimore is that he, they've figured him out a little bit defenses throwing the football and what they basically, they, they he, he's basically, ta- he's taken a step back a little bit as a passer because defenses are defending him better. I mean, he will always be a dynamic athlete with his feet, but, um, that's where I think the rubber's going to hit the road for the Kyler Murray's of the world. Now, Kyler Murray is a much more accurate thrower than Lamar Jackson. Tua is an exceptionally accurate thrower of football. Justin Herbert as well. They're a little bit different guys. Um, in, in the case of Tua and particularly uh, Kyler Murray is that Murray is as good with his feet as Jackson uh, almost. I mean, it's very close. Uh, he is just a more polished passer than Jackson is. Um, but, Let's see when teams get a little bit of tape on these guys, uh, where they go. So Buffalo, who took care of Arizona last week, they created four
0: turnovers for Ru- Russell Wilson, and they're one of my favorite teams now. Every I know. History of I know, they, I know. Uh, Even though you I love Russell Wilson. I do love Russell Wilson, but you I don't love Seahawks. his success. Yes, I do. <laughs> I love his success if it didn't have anything to do with the Seahawks. It's me and Roger Staubach. It's me and Roger Staubach. Yeah, you appreciate I him. loved
1: Roger. You're sort Stahlbeck. of rooting for them to have a great career, right. you just don't want it to benefit the Cowboys. No, I want them or I just want them to lose in the NFC Championship game to Washington every year or someone. You know, that's it. I want, you know, that's what I want from from uh from Roger Staubach and I didn't get that clear. So far
0: Russell Wilson has done that same for me. He has won a Super Bowl, yes, but he has had a Hall of Fame career already. We all admit that if it, he were to retire today, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And uh and he's had a great career, and yet he's giving me one of the <laughs> one of the best moments I've had as a sports fan. And this just shows you what a bad guy I am, John. As if we needed that. <laughs> the moment that he threw that interception Malcolm. at the Super Bowl that Malcolm Jake, Butler, Malcolm
1: Butler, who we saw last night,
0: Tennessee. Uh, man, oh man! I mean, yeah. literally, it's almost better than the 1988 Super Bowl where uh, Joe Montana threw to John Taylor. All right, speaking of the Buffalo Bills, yeah, they now go on the road. They hosted the the Seahawks last week. Mm-hmm. Now they go on the road all the way across the country mm-hmm. to play the Arizona Cardinals. Yep, and to me, I think that's another great game. I'm yep. Buffalo seven and two. Yeah. The Cardinals have three. I think they're five and three. So it's, mm-hmm. but but the Cardinals are a very good team.
1: Would it surprise you, John, if the Cardinals won the NFC Championship? Like uh, just got hot and just. It might surprise me if they won it. It wouldn't surprise me if they got there to get them to win it. Yeah, you know, you're you're going to have to win three games, at least two of them on the road, unless there's an upset. And I know the road isn't you know uh, what it used to be uh but I, that that would surprise me because also remember they have had games where they've it's sort of come apart for them uh defensively and offensively here's what i'll say about this game why i can't wait to see is uh you got two of the best guys off script that you'll ever find at quarterback josh allen's just a beast uh just a beast of uh
0: michelle claremont got it right by the way nice it wasn't uh, craig kimbrell but it was their last guess. yep Uh, what's, what's, what does she get, John? What, what does Michelle Claremont get as a result of winning progressive trivia today?
1: Well, I think you and I should promise to get her, uh, her husband out of the house for a a bit. Um, so, you know, so she can just, you know, sometimes you just need to, you need to step away from that energy. Sometimes you just got to back off of it. Normally for you, that's when you both had a few scotches. And you're unable to step away. No, no, no. I'd step into it. Yes. I'd step into it when it's at that point. <laughs> yes, yes, you would. But you should step away. It would be I better for you to step you're away. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll offer that up to her because normally it's the, uh, you know, the thanks of a grateful nation. But uh, the nation's so splintered right now, you only get the thanks of, you know, 52% <laughs> yeah. of them. If that. Yeah. If 507 uh, but if we if we if we want to jump back and, and you know frankly I, I don't even care at this point if we. No, you're, back talking, back about yeah, you're yeah, talking about the bills. Yeah, mean. yeah. Well, and then the, and then the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray off script. It it, it it could turn into a just crazy street ball situation with these two guys because they are two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at working outside script. You're not going to see what you saw last night which is two quarterbacks that work well within the script of what they do. Certainly in the case of Tannehill, he can do some things outside that because he is actually a more dynamic athlete than people think. But uh, those are very controlled offenses, and you're going to see something a little bit different in this game. I just wonder how good Baltimore is. Excuse me, Buffalo really is. I think they're really good. They're 7-2. and two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, so this is this is what I like to look at, and I know people don't really care about this, but I think people should care about this. The uh, point differential, I think that's important. We we always talked about that. It is and, very important, I think. And the point differential for Buffalo is only point uh, plus nine. So you actually have a very good point. They're seven and two, and they're plus nine. That would indicate that they would be more like five and four, as opposed to seven and two. So they may be a little bit, you know, posers, and we've fought that. They had a little stretch there a few games ago where it's like, okay, here we go. They're exposed now. Yep, and all of a sudden they've played very well since then and then beat Seattle pretty convincingly. Oh, by the way, Miami, on the other hand, plus 61. So you could make the argument, even though Miami is a game and a half behind Buffalo, that Miami is the best team in that division right now. I mean, you head to head they lost, but this was early in the season. Uh, to me, the Dolphins—they play the Bills right now. They—they they beat them.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'd go as far as the, I think resume. If I'm looking at both resumes, I still think Buffalo is is probably a better team. If you're asking me at, right now at 2:37 on Friday afternoon, which team do I think was playing better the last time they were playing? Then I would agree. I think uh, I I think Miami was though. Buffalo has. I think they've uh, th- those those couple of weeks, particularly that you were mentioning, where they they did seem it seemed like things were coming about uh, apart. Allen wasn't making; he was turning the ball over, wasn't making as good of decisions. Um, their defense was giving up big plays, if I remember correctly. Um, we did have a lot of questions about those questions have been answered. I know they're a good team. I just don't know how good.
0: Yeah, they lost two in a row. They lost to Tennessee and they lost to Kansas City. Two pretty both good teams, teams right? And they beat they beat the Jets. They beat the Patriots, and then they beat the uh, and then they beat the Seahawks, which is pretty interesting. All right, so in the AFC, there's one team that's a far and above plus 103. The next best team is plus 85. Who's plus 103? Just off the top of your head, who's the best Pittsburgh. team in the AFC? Pittsburgh. Nope. Kansas City. Kansas City is plus 103. Okay, 85 plus 85. Number two, who's
1: that? it's not um, Pittsburgh. Right. Uh I'm gonna go with uh oh man, why is this so difficult? It shouldn't be.
0: Uh it's obvious. Like what who who are the two best teams off the top of your head in the AFC? Well, as- Yeah, exactly.
1: It is Baltimore. Okay. I didn't think it was Baltimore. I I thought that was a little bit of a trick thing. But it was in Baltimore. 85 for Baltimore,
0: 74 plus 74 for Pittsburgh. The the number four team above Miami at 65. Miami's at 61. Who's at 65, John? This will make you feel very good. It makes me feel shame. Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Nice work. How do you? Yeah. So perhaps Indianapolis. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I think they're. They're the, the Tennessee AFC, Titans of this year.
1: Which would year. indicate they would win a playoff game. They are the te- they're the Tennessee Titans right, of this year. In I don't know NFC- if they'll get to the championship, but they're going to win a playoff. Uh, uh, I have a hard time not taking them in a playoff game if their defense is playing this well. That's just me. In the NFC, the NFC point
0: differentials among among playoff teams, uh, 54, 31, 44, 47, 49. Negative 19, of course, I'm talking about the NFC East, uh, plus 41, so plus 54. It's, it's a very competitive conference, as we've talked about. No teams are really rising to the surface as the cream of the crop. 54, who has, who has the best point differential in the NFC? The best point differential in the NFC right this now. makes me feel good, and maybe you should feel some shame. Tampa Bay. No, Arizona. Arizona. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Yeah, how about that?
1: I would never have guessed that.
0: So, at any rate, uh, do you have locks and shocks? I think we should probably go ahead and do them right now. I do,
1: I do. All right, let's Absolutely. hear. Absolutely, let's hear your your lock. My lock uh-huh. is Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. My, my lock five and a half on Carolina. Carolina without McCaffrey. If, if McCaffrey were there, Carolina would give you a football game. They're they're not a pushover. Teddy Bridgewater is solid quarterback, but without McCaffrey um, coming off the loss. Tom Brady generally coming off a loss, uh, I think 20 times he's lost blowouts, 15 times he's come back to just uh, eviscerate (laughs) the team that he's played. Uh, They're easily my lock this week. Uh, And they're a questionable road
0: favorite as well. It's yes. I mean, questionable, but they're a road favorite, which is something you often
1: use for your yeah. shots. Yeah, I don't think they're questionable. I just think I think they come out firing in all cylinders. They, they could turn into the 1999 Jacksonville Jaguars, in my mind, which is that there's just one team they can't get past. Uh-huh. Could be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd hate to
0: see it. I'd hate to see that. Uh, my lock is Baltimore at New England, because I'll tell you, John, Baltimore... Even in New England's most halcyon days, they could go to New England and
1: somehow upset them or almost upset them. Well, because normally they could get pressure with four people. They didn't have to bring a lot of people. And they had, you know, they had linebackers and defensive backs that they could throw into blitzing uh, packages who were good. They also had uh, guys on the back end who could cover very, very well. I think that's the main reason why is that they could get pressure with just four guys. We should mention Michelle Claremont uh, figured out uh, the answer. <laughs> Jose Altuve. Uh, oh, yeah. There, that, see, now I almost it. there, and, Whatever. It's Jose Altuve, people.
0: Yeah. And she figured it out all on her own. And she, she did give it a goog,
1: as she likes to say. So <laughs> I'm sure she gave it a few googs. Uh,
0: but congratulations, Michelle. It's just nice to have
1: somebody watching the show
0: who generally wouldn't and actually cares and wants to play, wants to play the game. Even if it means cheating, who cares? Who cares? We should start encouraging the cheating, John. We should start encouraging. encouraging. Absolutely. Like to just get, you know, sort of just give old school clues like we used to when Google wasn't a thing. And just, and just to time it, see how fast people
1: can Google and just encouraging people people are quick on their phones and just encouraging people to mail in their answers after the show. (laughs) Just rampant, and, you know. and even if they and even if they mail them after the show, you know, once they get here,
0: if it's still not to our liking, eh, we can either we'll, backdate we'll make up, a postmark. We'll, we'll
1: make up our minds.
0: I have an affidavit from someone who will allege that. that we've backdated all
1: those postmarks, and we'll burn, we'll burn a bunch of them in my yard if we don't like them. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff we could do. That's what that's what places
0: like Philadelphia, Detroit, and Atlanta do. <laughs> those are corrupt cities, Johnson. and you yep. know what that code is. They're oh, corrupt yep. cities. Yeah, that was Newt Gingrich's quote, by the way. It's wow. Corrupt. Yeah. There's a quality. Philadelphia, individual. Atlanta, and Detroit. Yeah, there's okay. a quality guy. Yeah, you've got a lot of credibility, asshole.
1: Equal parts infidelity, cholesterol, and double-digit IQ. <laughs> Equal
0: parts
1: infidelity and <laughs> cholesterol. I mean, that's that's pretty classic. All right. Thank you. What's your shock? Uh, my shock is, I think the New York Giants are going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles because the Giants have been playing better. They have, and they have, uh, you, you know, they young quarterback who is inconsistent, sure, but week in and week out, Mark, the Giants are kind of like we remember we talked about Miami last year, and at the even when they had a bad record, is nobody wanted to play them. And they've gotten better throughout the season. I think the Giants are that team. I also think, you know, n- nobody else in that division is very good. Um, and I do think that that Giant defense can force Carson Wentz into some uh, questionable decisions. And he has, and again, this is, a, this is a discussion that's out there, and it's one that I have to agree with as well. Carson Wentz is over-reliant on that cannon of an arm that he has, and I think he sometimes makes, makes bad decisions. He, he won't give up on a play. And his coach doesn't believe in him. Uh, <laughs> I think his coach believes in him.
0: No, but he, they he, asked him about Brett Favre's opinion. That became a thing. That became a topic for an hour on Skip and Shannon. An hour. They were talking about, I don't know, you should, he, he, he didn't defend the quarterback, Skip. He didn't defend the quarterback right away. Brett Favre had said that, Brett Favre had said uh, Peterson was uh, regretful that they let Nick Foles go and of course Peterson and uh Favre were were buddies back in the day. He would yeah. back them up. Yeah. So uh they're good friends and uh a reporter yeah. asked him about that story and and he, and it took them like five different times to ask him, you know, before he finally said
1: Carson Wentz is our guy. I don't care about that stuff. Okay, whatever. I really, really don't care about that stuff. Hey, and I bet you Doug Peterson is sorry that Nick Foles isn't his backup quarterback right now. I mean, I would be too, given the success he had as their backup quarterback. I, I I don't think that's a you're not making news there. Would we like to have Nick Foles here? Yes. Yes, indeed. We would, because Carson Wentz hasn't remained upright throughout an entire season in his career. And oh, by the way, Nick Foles was like Don Strock was with the Dolphins coming off the bench.
0: And I believe Carson Wentz, if you read uh, any personal histories of him that have not that are only published on the dark web, he hasn't remained upright for most of his life. Uh, <laughs> on a, <laughs> wow. On a variety of levels. Not just the ones you think. Wow. Uh, okay. Of levels. No, you look at the dark web, and, man, there's some stuff. The there. interwebs? All right. Man, yeah. oh, man. The dark uh, history right. my, of Carson Wentz. My shock. I'd like to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, not covering against Cincinnati. Seven and a half because of Lenny's advice. Lenny was brilliant last week about the Cowboys and the, sure and, was. the Steelers, and I went with that. And as tempted as I am to do that, I'm going to continue to pick Seattle to always win. Okay. Hoping that somehow there's some sort of reverse energy happening in the universe, and um, they are underdogs at the moment. I
1: believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, point to uh, the Rams, point a half, and the Rams undefeated at home, Which and I, yeah, and they are, know. and seemingly a little bit mean, of a different. You know? Well, and they're a little bit different team at home, but I'm wondering, you know, they've had a couple of East Coast swings too, and I think maybe the home versus away. Thing have, might have a little bit more to do with that, is that they, they've played, you know, they've done those East Coast swings and they haven't responded well to those. And we've seen that from teams. Um, the the, the issue for me is is the Seattle defense is, is just not great. And uh, the offense for the Rams, for whatever reason, at home, they get on rhythm and they can they can they can boat race it at that point and so russell wilson's gonna earn his paycheck this week with aaron donald and that defense
0: um i agree i agree i think though that uh i think that the seahawks now the seahawks traditionally have had a bit of a problem with the rams and ironically it's often been in seattle yeah uh, believe it or not but uh i'm i'm gonna go with them i'm gonna that's the that's the shock this week so my, okay Yep. My shock is Seattle. Your shock is giants over Philadelphia, upsetting
1: the apple cart in the always interesting NFC East.
0: Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, you know, I mean, that means that means the leader of that division will have three wins at this point in time.
1: Yeah. And the Cowboys will still be in it and skip and Shannon will deftly move on from whatever discussion they're having about them to why Kevin Garnett was a better player than LeBron James or whoever it is today. And my
0: exactly, and my lock
1: is Baltimore over New England. they're favored by seven, I think they'll cover that, and then some, and your lock again is uh Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. over Carolina, and I think they are right. five and a half point favorites there, yeah, I think they I think they beat up on Carolina.
0: All right, let's go ahead and uh bring back this, even though we've already <laughs> told everyone <laughs> wow, way to
1: oversell it. All right, here we go. We'll bring this back. Well, I mean, we've already given the answer away. I mean, what's welcome the, to our really good time like to get up and it's, go it's, get a it's drink. The definition of
0: anticlimactic. It really is. So here we go. Spent nine seasons, ten, played in the NFL and the and the, and the AL. Career numbers three fifteen, fifteen hundred. Playing the NFL I, and the AL. Good yeah, Lord. he's done all I missed that one. <laughs> played in ten, actually eleven. Six-time All-Star, 13 home runs, 29 (laughs) postseason, more than that now. Led the league in Seals twice, won an MVP, ALS MVP, led the AL in hits four consecutive years, won a gold glove, probably more. Won a now-tainted World Series. I'm just going to go for it. Congratulations to Michelle Claremont, who got it right, Jose Altuve.
1: AL- you, uh, so two things that you called him, and I, I love this because it's just it's just funny, and I'm not picking on you because you, you did you say he was in he played in the NFL and the AL, and you also said he was an ALS MVP. Now I don't know if that means that you've given the most money to Lou Gehrig's disease uh research, or, or I, never, I know the future. You may have had the most success of anyone who currently just, has ALS. Right.
0: <laughs> that, you know, baseball players seem to get it disproportionately, so well, it's named after a baseball play. That's so, it. You know, I'm, I'm just something to do. running through it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, this weekend in college football. And um, so, some. we haven't even mentioned Paul Horning yet, who passed away today at 84. 84 which is, Paul Horning years. Which is nuts. I thought he was older than that, to tell you the truth. Really? That, that, that means he's only a year older than my mom and dad. So that means in 1960, he was only 24, which I guess makes sense. But yeah. he just seems so old. All of those... All of those uh, clips from the
1: Packers—he yeah. always seemed ancient. Well, they were all—they all had the prematurely kind of high forehead, and they'd all been smoking since they were like seven, right? So, I mean, I think that, that'll age you a little bit. So you're sure. right. Like Henry Jordan, the defensive lineman, looked like he was 65. Yeah, and he was probably 30. So a Horning Bart I mean, Starr no. looked old. Did Bart Starr ever look young? No, just, he never. Did Bart Starr in the crib, he never young.
0: Bart Starr head. He was never young. Yeah. It was sort of this weird Benjamin Button thing just showed up at about twenty eight.
1: <laughs> no one has they do a uh finding your roots with Dr. Henry Louis Gates and they, they just they can't find they can't. any sort of information about uh sorry, the the line started with Bart at twenty eight. It's I I don't have any answer for it. He, uh, there's just no record. he materialized. He did. What if Bart Star what if Bart Star were like the first time traveler? What if some sort of doughy, unathletic guy from like 22,230? Let's just say by then we figured it out. Just set it up so he could come back, you know, uh, just as because you looked at Bart Starr out of his uniform. He did not look like he was a professional athlete, looked like an accountant or something. Uh, What if what if he's a time traveler? Let's just go with that. I love that We that. believe Bart, Bart Star came back from 300 years from now when you when like the world record in the in the uh, hundred meters is like three Dude. four or something, and you know it's all this and this this guy who just you know can barely walk across the street without falling. Um, right. You know, he's literally <laughs> sorry, when he's a child, his parents give him a big plastic ball to roll around in because he was just always getting hurt, and he d- develops time travel and he goes back to take over the uh uh quarterback because he just shows up in Green Bay one day, yeah, you drafted me out of Alabama and of course by this time Lombardi's eighteen pops in for the day. he's just you know things are just you know why did I take this job? I came from New York was oh, a yeah, get under center, kid Jesus whatever get under there, don't ever do anything other than what I say. Uh and uh it, yeah I'm so I'm going Bart Starr time travel wouldn't you think I I guess maybe not me I understand that but then then he becomes a coach
0: then he becomes a coach wouldn't you think he had figured out like systems couldn't wouldn't get back be some RPO type couldn't, stuff that he would you know give to the Green Bay Packers in the 1970s never
1: paid that much attention came back to 19 in the late 50s because it was you know it was a much simpler offense that he could learn all of that. Sure, but he couldn't really wrap his head around it because, really, in t- two thousand thirty, whatever, this guy whose name then was, I don't know, Alpha Beta Three or whatever they're calling people then, as we're we've now we're doing nothing but working in the sugar mines for our Venusian overlords. overlords. Yeah, um, that Maybe. he couldn't, <laughs> but he couldn't get back. He developed a time machine that could only go one way, right? So he had to just live out his life. Here. He had to live out the Bart Star life. Which is not bad, obviously. Wow.
0: No. Celebrities, a
1: star. All those five and, five and nine and seven and nine years, because I think they had 14 games when he started coaching, perhaps. I don't remember when it went to 16 games. But, um, yeah, so that's that's what happened to Bart. He was able, you know, he got his yeah. wish. At any to rate, be Paul Horning. Hall of Famer. Yeah. Paul Horning. And Lenny pointing out the only guy to win the Heisman Trophy. Paul Horning. Uh... Losing team. Yeah, a losing team. A two-win yeah. Notre Dame team. The Fighting Irish. and uh, Amazing. And then, he, because, and then he goes to
0: the Green Bay Packers, which wins one game.
1: Yeah, they were terrible. Uh, Paul Horning. 19, 1958, yeah. That, uh, that Heisman Trophy race that he won, the votes were split. Tommy McDonald won the South out of, uh, I believe McDonald played at Oklahoma. It, he got that Southern vote. Jim Brown the great Jim Brown got the Northeastern vote and Horning took the middle portion of the country and then benefit of the fact that I think that Notre Dame played on the West Coast. They were a well-known entity out there. He also carried that. Most people believe that uh, Jim Brown should have won it. And I do believe, if my history is correct, that uh, he didn't even appear on some people's top three in ballots in the South. I'll leave it to you to figure out why that is. But uh Yeah. Paul Paul Horning was also as versatile a player know, as ever. I don't know why. Why? why? <laughs> Played fullback, halfback, wide receiver, also kicked field goals. I believe he only missed 4 of 192 extra points that he uh that he kicked uh for the for the Packers too. Just a, just an all-around versatile good player.
0: Yeah, he goes to the Packers and the Packers are horrendous in 57, 58. And then, uh, Lombardi takes over in 59. I think they won one game in 58. And in 59, they were over, already over 500. And in 60, they made the championship game lost to the Eagles. But, uh, the rest is history after that. They went five out of seven. And, uh, Horning was, Horning was a massive, you know, a big, big
1: part of that. So. And the only member of the 1966, um, Green Bay Packers to not play in Super Bowl one. He suited up. He was the only guy who suited up who didn't play. He had a pinch nerve in his neck. And, uh, to his credit, towards the end of the game, Vince Lombardi offered to put him in. Lombardi seeing the historical implications of what were going on. And a lot of guys didn't know. And I wonder if looking back, Horning would have felt differently, but Horning said, now nah, let's, let's, let's not do that. Then he was left open for the, uh, the expansion draft. The next season was drafted by New Orleans, um, but did not go on to play for the Saints. So you think it was uh good of him not to go into the game
0: or do you think he was just hung over?
1: Uh I think he was probably hung over because I believe he was out late with Max McGee Max the McGee. Famous Max McGee there stories. Yep. Um and the difference was McGee didn't think he would play. Horning knew he really wasn't going to play because of the pinch nerve. Unless they were up big, he was not. He had a bad, bad pinch nerve and it an ended his career. Um so I think it was kind of admirable that he didn't just go in to say he played in the game. Hmm. no well i i don't know i'm
0: i'm thinking it had nothing to do with an admirable decision i think he was just like uh let me just uh sleep on the
1: bench yeah
0: Uh, Yeah, no no. paul paul you want to get in there no yeah so paul horning dead at 84 Dead at eighty four. All right. Anything else? Uh, college football this weekend. Uh, uh, losing
1: right? a lot of games. Losing a lot of games due to COVID. Um, the SEC getting hit particularly hard right now as we get into the colder months. And I, I'm saying I'm just going to reiterate what I said on Wednesday. I don't. None of these things are beneficial, Mark. But I think what we're seeing right now puts the Pac-12 in a much better position to actually have an argument for. Uh, for being considered, if they have an undefeated Pac-12 championship team, and, and I also really think, Mark, it makes the argument that uh, a decision not to expand the playoff this year by uh, the NCAA was a bad decision. Although the Big 12 is asking the NCAA to consider to reconsider it. Well, the Big 12 came out and said, "Yeah, they were they were involved in discussions with the NCAA about uh, considering pushing the the date of the championship back." Um, I don't know about it. I don't think they were talking necessarily about expanding it. it was pushing it back. There may have been some discussion of expanding it though. I thought they'd close the door on that, but the, but the, the talks have are out there about pushing the championship back. And I don't think that's a huge problem for them, Mark. I, I think that's, you would think that would have been in the pipeline from the beginning, um, for them that, you know, we may have to adjust dates of games, um, but I don't think that they would expand the playoffs. But I think what we're seeing is that they probably made a mistake by not doing that.
0: But why can't they do it? I, they're just I think, so locked in They're They're the most inflexible sport ever invented. Well, the, I think they're the least agile sport ever invented.
1: Well, I think this is part of it, Mark, is that some of it has to do with the, uh, the just, contracts they have for broadcast you know, the, and things that can be one of the can be one of the playoff games <laughs> I know I know they can It could be one of the playoff games. I think I think partly it has to do with the contracts for for broadcast, and I think with the NFL, they have the NFL rules everything, and they can tell their broadcast partner things. But I don't think college football can because they're just not it's not as centrally managed, and there's a lot more moving parts. I, but I wish, I wish you were, I wish you were right. I wish they could make the change. I think expanding the playoff this year would be beneficial for, uh, everybody involved. Brian bringing this up, which I wanted
0: to bring up during our potpourri section as well. Kim Ang, uh, hired as the Marlins GM. First female GM in Major League Baseball. That is so cool.
1: Yeah. A team coming off, uh, their manager. Getting the uh, manager NL Manager of the Year as well, the Marlins. How about that? So trending in a really, really good direction. And they were a team that we looked at in the playoffs. And you and I didn't know a lot about the Marlins because they were the Marlins. And what was the point of getting to know a lot about them? They were going to be the same. They have a lot of young talent. I love that they brought Kim Ang in. And uh, and and good for Don Mattingly. And oh, by the way, we should say congratulations to Freddie Freeman for his NL MVP season. Had covid and then came back and won the NL MVP. Whatever we may think of Freeman, given our experiences with him. uh I think he's softened pretty remarkable. I, I think since he's had kids, he's, he's softened a little bit. And
0: uh I, I love him as a baseball player. He's a yeah. classic baseball player. If you ask me, he's clutch. He does everything, you know, he does everything pretty well. Yeah. And he does some things very, very well. And I, I love the fact that he's, he's got that. And, um, but uh, Ang Ang has had a nice career and she's uh, interviewed with GM positions for uh, with, with the Dodgers, with the Giants, with the Padres, the Mariners, you know, all these blue states. Uh, but there it is she gets in, Miami, it in Miami, in that's Miami, uh, she, the first female GM. I just think that's just phenomenal. I'm, it's I'm great. loving it, And I, I think the Marlins are on their way, man. Derek Jeter. You yeah. gotta give it, you got to give it to Derek Jeter that somehow Don Mattingly is rising in the you know in the annals of a uh, of, of of solid managerial uh, you know careers, if you yeah. will, uh, and in in large part because of what Derek Jeter is doing. Now, I think at some point in time, Derek Jeter is going to have to fire Don Mattingly, and the very next year, of course, <laughs> the Marlins will win a World Series.
1: Don Mattingly will be the Buck Walter. Because look, he did it with the he did it with the Dodgers. Dodgers, very good team under Don Mattingly, couldn't take the next step. Took them a while, but then they did obviously take the next step. So yeah, I think you're probably right. I think they uh, in in two seasons it'll be taken over by then. Seventy uh, nine year old Tony Larusa, who will be I mean, awakened I'm coming who, off of another uh, DUI. <laughs> he'll be awakened with his head in a bowl of uh, rum and. Uh, did, does he survive? Do they keep? Do they stay with Larusa? I don't know. I mean, the White Sox that hire was a little odd to begin
0: with, and, and and some people were were kind of ripping it uh, to begin with. So this might not help. He may not survive. I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> there's something about me now. Granted, having a DUI, driving a, impaired, and uh, putting other people at risk is you know no one no one advocates that. Obviously but the fact that he hasn't learned as any lessons i mean what what is
1: this how many times has he gotten popped for this John? uh third time this month no actually no he he got he got arrested once before and that story was uh, uh and again we're not making light of dui but apparently he was asleep in his car at a green at light a stop, at a, oh, right, or a stop right, sign right. or a green and he was just uh, apparently he 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 was uh just passed out well and and, and apparently had enough uh left of his rational thought to put the car in park. I mean just sitting there at at the at the red light and fell asleep down in uh, Jupiter. And he had 0.09 in
0: his blood and uh, the law where he got pulled over was 0.08. So it's not as if he was roaring, you know, roaring drunk, but uh buzz driving is drunk driving, Mark. It is. I understand that, John. I get that. I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss what he is in trouble for. All I'm saying is, is that at 79 or whatever the hell
1: he is right now, he's still you know just living like he was you know. Now 20, now listen, 22. because I'm like I think most people refer to me as the Bill Vec of Central Florida. If I'm the White Sox, what I do is I have a little bullpen car that looks like a you know just like a normal car, but you know smaller bullpen car, and that in each game Larusa arrives. uh, driving it in, swerving everywhere, and he gets out and just beer cans fall out all over the field and he stumbles in it. Now, please welcome, in his 47th year as maybe a he runs
0: over, Maybe he runs over some of those uh, characters, you know, like the presidents and the national. Oh, yeah, they have, they've got, you, you know, know, some they,
1: mascots. They've got the big sock that runs. I guess that's what they have. They have like a large tube sock called Smelly the Tube Sock. You can't imagine why that's not. They've been able to market the hell out of that. But it's just, you know, it's just trotting down the field, and here comes Larusa in like the the bullpen swerving. car of a 78 what? Monte Carlo, and he's just swerving. You know, and he's got bumper stickers on the back of it, the Oakland A's, the St. Louis Cardinals, just everywhere oh, he's as well, yeah. e- everywhere he's ever managed, oh, and he's just gosh. swerving. And you know, he's got his <laughs> hand out the out the out the window with just a right. bottle of bourbon. And it's, yeah, it's like, it's like Bluto in animal
0: house, you know, yeah. the beer cans fall out like you're talking about or, yeah. or uh bad news bears. Yeah. And, uh,
1: <laughs> just, just, just go
0: there, just, embrace just
1: go it. there with just embrace it. it. Just, yeah, exactly. Anyway. And Tony and every answer to it. Uh, yeah, Tony, uh, you pulled, you know, Phil with only 75 pitches up three to nothing in the seventh. Why? Pitching a no hitter. I was drunk. Sorry? I was drunk. What do you mean? I was just I was shit-faced. Honestly. Hell, I i I'd drink six-pack for the game, probably another quarter room during the game. Jesus, at that point, I, in fact, I could walk out to the mound kind of surprise me, because I'm Tony fucking La Russa, and I don't care. I have World Series. I've made my nut. You know why I'm here? For a paycheck these idiots in the front office most of whom are in short pants when i was last managing in the in major league baseball they don't don't know they know i'm tony fucking la russa they're not gonna fire me i'm I'm drunk most of the game i don't even watch the games uh you 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 cut there's a there's a look-alike of me in the dugout i got a i got a reclining chair in the back matlock dvds i'm sitting back there eating butterscotch pudding and drinking Jim beam out of a coffee cup. Cause I'm Tony fucking LaRusso do whatever I want. Yeah. And I tell you, you know what I'm going to do with this team? I'm going to put this team in first place and then we're going to go to the playoffs and underachieve. All right. Cause that's what you hired. Tony fucking LaRusso. Don't you forget it. <laughs> Thank uh. you. <laughs> Thank you. Skip. Next wow. question. I love it. That's great.
0: That's good. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So there it is. Yep. There it is. Yes, when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor, it's Bluto. It's Bluto. Although it's Tony, you know, it's Tony fucking Larusa. I'm Tony fucking Larusa.
1: All right. So now, please welcome, in his 65th year as a major league manager, Tony fucking Larusa. 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 Oh no! It's Smelly the sock. <laughs> oh!
0: Oh! Didn't see Run that over. coming. Run over. Once again. All right, that'll do it for John Pelkey. I'm Mark Ferreira. Jeff Taylor is uh, making money right now, so he's doing that. We'll be back on Monday talking about about the games. Overreacting. We will overreact like we have done today, like we do all the time.
1: I'll be writing off the Colts, even though they don't play this weekend. By Monday, I'll be off that. Yep, you'll be off that because it's the NFL, and everyone overreacts to everything. We do. All
0: right, folks, we'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the games, and uh, that big project that I've been working on will be done. Go, Tiger. And hope Go, Tiger. Go, Tiger. Good luck with your project. Rock on. Thank you very much. We will talk to you later, folks. Thanks for joining us. It has been a lot of fun.